0: So I think Austin is finally ready for a little bit higher end cuisine. Uh, I think in the past it's been, it's been like a really large small town. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of always had that small town vibe, but I think it's now growing to a point where it can uh, start affording a little bit more of more refinement. Yeah. For sure. So, you know, kind of stuff I'm working on is not going to be exactly, it's not white linen tablecloth type stuff, Right, but uh, on an execution level, and the experience level, it's going to be a whole different, different ballgame there.
1: So, Chef Charles, welcome die. to the Austin All Day podcast, and you and I know this has been long overdue. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> I have been asking, what, every month, every other week for, it was like... few years? It yeah. was quite a while,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I haven't asked in a while, but this, this is a long time coming. Yeah. <sighs> Just got to stay persistent with it. Eventually, it'll happen. Yeah. It's, yeah, well... It, it's really good to see you. Yeah, you too, man. It's been a while. It has been a while. So... I mean, you broke the uh, the ice off air, but you've, you've been cooking with Sway forever. Five and a half years now I've been with Sway, yeah. Wow. And pr- prior to that, because I was even thinking, because we've known each other for a while, you were briefly with North. I don't even know how if it was brief, but you were with North Italia or Fl- Flower Child, that whole group before it was sold.
0: Yeah, I was with North at the uh, domain location.
1: That's right. Yeah. That was two, two
0: years I was with them. So, and where, where where did you come from before that? Well, I grew up in South Florida. Um, people always ask me where I'm from, a town called Plantation. Uh, really, that's just kind of outside the Everglades. Okay. <laughs> so, Fort Lauderdale is the closest. Uh, Fort Lickerdale. Yeah, Fort Lickerdale. There yeah. you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, that whole kind of, from Key West up to probably Loxahatchee. I mean, gorgeous, right? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you miss that ever? Uh, I don't miss all the rain.
1: The, uh, so there's rain and there's, like, people who eat people's faces on meth, right? <laughs> That's a popular well, thing.
0: Well, to be fair, I thought that was normal until I left Florida. So that yeah. was just an everyday kind of Was that crazy.
1: stereotype actually
0: that way? Or, or like? Uh, honestly, man, I mean, yeah, crazy stuff happens, but it's not like you're walking down the street and somebody's eating somebody's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Um.
1: but yeah, Florida, I love, like, being near the beach, that salt water in the air. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah,
0: it's fantastic, man. So, yeah, uh, born and raised there. Uh, Lived there for 25 years. Wound up in the Bahamas for a couple of years. Wow. Nice. Uh,
1: So cooking, all related to cooking?
0: Yeah, so I worked with Todd English for, I don't know, maybe seven years in South Florida. I was kind of Mr. Fix-It for some of the concepts we have down there. I bounced around and kind of helped out all the different concepts when they had staffing or operational issues and then... uh, I guess via doing that with him, I wound up in the Bahamas to open up the Olives restaurant in the casino there at the Atlantis Resort. Yeah. So I was there for a little 16 months, 17 months. And then when my contract was up, I wound up here in Texas. Well, so how'd nice. you fare, like,
1: cause on, on paper going to the Bahamas sounds like a dream, yeah. but as I've learned, like, if you're doing that and you're opening a restaurant, it's not always that way cause it can be lonely and stuff.
0: Uh, well, I mean, my wife went with me. Oh, well that helps. So yeah, that, <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, it helped, I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's two, <laughs> two ways to approach that one. <laughs> no,
0: uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it sounds glamorous, uh, you know, Caribbean Island and all that. And in a lot of ways it was, I mean, I had an apartment next door to, uh, where Jimmy Buffett's apartment was, the same complex. No shit. Yeah, there's a little bar there called uh, Viola's behind Atlantis, kind of a little locals place there. It's a small little, like I wouldn't call it a motel, but a small hotel with like a tiki bar, okay. and that's right on the beach. And that was where my apartment was, was right across the street from that. So I lived maybe, a, I don't know, a full one-minute brisk walk from the Caribbean beach you know
2: (laughs) not too (laughs) bad yeah you can open
0: up the windows at night and hear the waves crashing on the on the beach so yeah that's awesome so in that aspect yeah that was pretty cool you can get up in the morning and just go swimming in world-class waters and Mm -hmm. so whatever spearfish and all that stuff and you know i mean working at atlantis has its own perks and all that but yeah i mean it's hella expensive yeah you're talking like 12 bucks for a gallon of milk You want a six pack of Miller, that's 20 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Festival prices. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Definitely worth the experience, though. I mean, for sure. So
1: 16 months there, and then you transitioned into
0: uh, Texas. Yeah. So uh, having the opportunity to not go back to Florida was pretty enticing. I could kind of pick wherever I wanted to go because Mm. I was coming from out of country. And my sister lived in Austin. um, So I figured, well, let's give Texas a shot. And I wound up in San Antonio. Okay. And uh, I was there for about two years before making my way up here to Austin.
2: Where were you working in San Antonio?
0: I was kind of hanging out. Uh, I'd spent some time working at uh, the granary over there, which Mm -hmm. was a kind of a higher-end barbecue-type joint, Mm kind of like market fair during the day and then composed plates at night. Uh, I wanted to learn barbecue. I had never done that coming out of Florida, so at least not Texas barbecue. Yeah. So I spent some time doing that. Um, That's really all I did down there, just kind of hanging out and kind of recouping after the whole Bahamas experience because that was a... Major undertaking. What was your sister's take on Austin? Like, what was her pitch to you? Well, she didn't pitch it to me. I just, she just lived here. So I figured I'd go somewhere close to her family, where family was. You'd it. have family. Yeah. Yeah. No, the folks aren't anywhere still in Florida, maybe? No, they actually recently just retired out here. So, oh, nice. The, yeah. They just closed on a house out in uh, Cedar Creek. So, awesome. nice. They've been here, though. My father's been here. Okay. Uh, he came out ahead of my mother, and then she came out here about a year ago. And now they just close on a house in Cedar Creek. And, cool. and, and then now, because that was with your, your wife, do you guys you guys have children? So many kids. So many kids. That's why I drive that Suburban so they can all sit on each other's lap. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but not when you're in the
1: Bahamas. This
0: happened when you got here. Uh, so I had one in the Bahamas. I had just wow. had one. Yeah, okay. that story. I, uh, I had just bought a house, just had a kid, just got married. And then about six months later, I got the call saying, you need to go to the Bahamas. Wow. So went out there with a six month old <laughs> and a brand new wife. Too bad <laughs> he, she's
1: not going to remember her. I mean, yeah. like any of that.
0: Yeah, no. Well, I think there's kind of like latent. genetic memory or something because he has like an affinity for the beach and swimming and all that. That (laughs) may that may have come from that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, who doesn't love the beach, but like it is like special when you get to the opportunity to actually live near it. Yeah, especially
2: like a beautiful beach like that. Yeah, well you know Texas it's not
0: I grew up in South Florida, so I was already kinda uh, yeah. jaded with the beach experience, so I didn't even really think about it until so after I left, <laughs> and I was like, oh,
1: man. You were, like, jaded? No, I mean, like, oh, you just don't always love it? It's
0: yeah, like, well, I mean... You're just over it. I grew up on Fort Lauderdale Beach, Miami Beach, Nikki yeah. Beach, all those places, so yeah. I mean, those are already world-class oh, beaches yeah. and waters and uh-huh. all that stuff, so it wasn't, like, this crazy atmospheric change sure. when I moved to the Bahamas. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, I was like, wow, the water's great. It's like glass, cool, but... Right. It wasn't, I didn't come out of Nebraska. So. But, but you weren't, uh,
1: like craving like some like midwest weather or anything no like no <laughs> yeah. okay yeah yeah that would be odd if you were but like i you know some people want the snow but you yeah know, not me I yeah do. i actually i, I, want the I snow.
0: actually had never even seen snow until i moved to texas which yeah. might sound weird, but i yeah. <laughs> <No>, never heard <laughs> that, that before. Yeah.
1: And then some people like myself might argue that that's not even snow. Yeah. Because you know yeah. I mean? like snow is like caked up for days
0: and months. Yeah, no, no, days, that, uh, months, really, that Arctic blast they call it or whatever we had a couple of years ago that downed the entire city for a week. Uh-huh. That, was that was like my first experience with snow. <laughs> oh, dang. Was,
1: yeah. I mean, that was absolutely insane when that happened. Yeah. So, how many kids do you guys have now?
0: Uh, I have four now. For what the oldest is, my oldest is turning ten. That's <laughs> Everett. Uh, Jace is turning seven. I have a daughter, Evelyn, who's turning five, and I have a newborn, uh, Josie. She's going to be six months in a couple of days. Here, wow! So you guys, yeah, are, you uh, got well, a full house. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All under ten. That's
2: <laughs> wild. yeah.
1: And uh, what's your what's your wife up to? Does is she is she cooking or
0: anything? Pulling like that? her hair out. No, yeah, yeah. she's a uh, so she's stay at home mom. Takes care of the kids and uh, always. Never. Did she ever
1: cook or anything? She's always supported your career because this what you're doing is not always
0: easy for a family. No, um, you know she's probably. I don't know if she's understanding or if she just puts up with it. I don't know (laughs) which one it is. But (laughs) (laughs) well, I mean,
1: Bahamas not so bad. You know, I mean, but she also came from Florida. I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, yeah. So she's uh, born and raised in Florida. Uh, She spent some time in Georgia. So she's got. She's also Cuban. So she's got this weird. uh, kind of Cuban-Spanish-Southern-Georgian accent going on. Oh, nice. Some
2: mishmash. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, uh, what got you into cooking? Like what started? Like did you always want to be a chef when you were young? Yeah. So
0: I started cooking with my dad, who was a fantastic home cook. Uh, He's not professionally trained or anything like that, but he probably makes some of the best food that I've ever had outside of a restaurant, and that kind of is what got me into it. Um, you what, know,
1: what was what he cooking? What kind of foods?
0: Uh, anything, I guess it just depends on the period of life, yeah, anything and everything. But I mean, like anybody else, you, you go through phases. I mean, I can distinctly remember a like Cajun phase that he went through and oh, that's fun. cooking all that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean, he was just always a really good cook, always cooking. And mm-hmm. I would just always was, it's my father, so I'm hanging out with my dad and got involved doing that. Um, but he just had like an affinity for it. He wasn't, there was no, yeah. he wasn't
1: making money cooking.
0: No, no, no. He was just cooking at home. And my dad's a uh, marine welder by trade. Okay. So he's a pretty grizzled old blue collar <laughs> worker who just knows how to cook really well because nice. that's yeah. always
1: good food. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. They know exactly, you know, how to, you know, what you want at the end of a long day.
0: Yeah, for sure. So that's what got me started. And then um, when I was in high school, uh, I guess the only A I got was for absence. <laughs> so Similar story uh, Yeah One day I guess I was probably in 10th tenth, tenth grade I would think It was probably when I got called down into my guidance office And they're like Look you got to make a decision Either you're going to come to school or you're not And they presented me with an opportunity Where I could be dual enrolled in culinary school oh. As well as go to high school So I could uh, take my core classes uh, in the afternoon Just like math, English and all that But spend the first like four hours of my day At an accredited culinary school oh, Towards nice. a degree
1: I mean I've never heard of that. That's cool.
0: Yeah, no, it was definitely a saving grace for me. I mean, it wasn't it's I just I was not a school kid. I couldn't sit there and do it, you know. I guess it's just the mundane sitting there, oh yeah, doing math and algebra and all that. It's not that I couldn't do it and definitely intelligent enough to do it. I just right. didn't want to do it. So this opportunity to kind of I guess explore some creative freedom and do all that and learn something so but prior to that it was just like dad's always cooking and then
1: you're presented with well you want to try to cook and then come to school
0: yeah so i think uh so i actually took home ec in high school in ninth and tenth grade and i think the my i wouldn't call it a culinary instructor but my teacher kind of pushed that towards the guidance counselor that i had and then they kind of well, he obviously shows some kind of interest in this and they gave it kind of found an opportunity for me rather than saying, you're going to get kicked out of school. It's like, yeah. let's figure this out. So that might be the only saving grace I had there. And yeah. I ran with it and I actually wound up graduating with a culinary degree before high school. Nice. And then, uh, just been doing it ever since. Nice. Look, yeah, that is cool. I yeah. mean, I've, that's the first time I've ever heard that scenario.
1: And I, I kind of wish I don't, I was an idiot in high school, but I was not going very often. No. (laughs) But, like, I wondered if I was um, given that opportunity. I mean, that's really – I think they should do that more, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely uh, gearing kids towards actual life versus you just need to learn calculus and do all this stuff, for sure. Well, and, like, I don't know how, like, often it is or, like, the
1: percentage or whatever. You know, a lot of times the people who end up in a kitchen are the ones who did not want to go to school. Right. You know, that kind of – crew if we're stereotyping them. So that would be a great thing for people to offer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, what am I going to do when I grow up? Well, I'm waiting to high school where they offer me to go to work in a kitchen, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, like kind of a, a shoe-in uh, opportunity there.
2: Yeah. I mean, if they don't want to go to college, you know, or they don't really have any plans after high school, that's great. You know? Yeah. yeah, Get yeah. them set up.
1: So, and then you you came here, you were doing your thing, you ended up at North, and then Sway is where you were at for the longest, and I think that's where I, I might, we agree on this. You probably shined the most there. I mean, you were the chef of. I mean, Sway's gone through some some big changes, yep. and a lot of it had to do with COVID. Yeah, but there was at a time three locations.
0: Yep, was it more than three or just three? Uh, it was three pre-COVID, and then the long- disaster of COVID happened, and you yeah. know. Different decisions and things that had to be done just to make the business survive, and we are down to one, which is the Westlake location now. Yeah. So, and of those locations, because I know one was at the Domain, one was on South Congress. Yep, on South, South First, First. Yeah. South
1: First Street, and that was like that was the one though
0: for the longest time. Yeah, that people. Yeah, were that's the OG. To. That's the that's yeah. the one that everybody talks about still.
1: What <laughs> is that? Um, what is that location now?
0: Ah, uh, it's that 1417. It's like okay. a French bistro, that's, I believe. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah.
1: So, and that was, um, but that Sway was up there with, like, for a long time, like, the the heavy hitters. And, I mean, I'm not exactly sure where they stand now. Still a great place. But, like, where, where you'd want to go for a nice dinner. Like, you're going to go to Uchi. Sway was up there. There was all kind of mm-hmm. options. But, right. And it was that location. But then you guys started growing. But that Westlake
0: location ha- is gorgeous. Right. So that's like the selling point there. Yeah, that restaurant's a monster. I mean, it's two stories and it can and, seat two hundred
2: and fifty people oh at a given God. time. Yeah, it's big. And yeah. you've um, have you been over there? I've been to that one, but I used to it at the first uh, South First location. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there are two different uh,
0: kind of. They're not two different concepts, but kind of a different dynamic there. Different neighborhood, different kind of clientele. So, sure. but now, if you want to eat at Sway, where
1: it doesn't matter where you are, they're going to go there. Right. Um, but it's got the upper level which has a view of the city, which is what makes it so cool and that's oh, nice. like the open bar kind of area,
0: yep, yeah,
1: I guess you could dig in and explain sway to people who don't know i mean you know i mean <laughs> yeah I mean I mean some people don't know
0: they're listening. yeah sure, yeah, <laughs> I mean sway's a, I, get, I hate using the word modern modern Thai concept um, but I guess that's the best way to kind of describe it, but it's kind of more of a a Texas Thai using modern technique type of thing. So using regional uh, ingredients and, you know, you'll see a lot of Mexican influence and that kind of stuff in the food there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm actually no longer there, so I don't know how much I want to product yeah. plug sway. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you were, you had a good stint there and, and yeah, I mean, for sure. A, yeah. It was a,
1: it's just a, it's a great place, but the, yeah, that, that whole up and down thing is kind of crazy, but this
0: now is brand new for you. Like, You have what on the horizon? So, uh, I've actually formed my own group right now called Sovereign Hospitality. Mm. Um, Okay. Yeah, I'm exploring some projects that I probably can't really talk too much about, but... Yeah, there's some exciting stuff on the horizon for sure. Nice, some stuff to come so, to Austin that is not here currently and on a different level for sure.
1: Right. So, without getting too specific, what is like the goal of that that would separate you from? I mean, what we have many groups, but there's some like again heavy hitters like McGuire Mormon, right? They're they're doing their thing, and um, at the Sway, the Waterloo, they're doing their thing. What yeah.
0: uh, what's your idea with with this? So I think Austin is finally ready for a little bit higher end cuisine. Uh, I think in the past it's been, it's been like a really large small town. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of always had that small town vibe, but I think it's now growing to a point where it can uh, start affording a little bit more of more refinement. Yeah. For sure. So, you know, kind of stuff I'm working on is not going to be exactly, it's not white linen tablecloth type stuff, Right. but uh, on an execution level, and the experience level, it's going to be a whole different different ball game there. Okay,
1: so that's definitely cool. That's unique. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a that's a cool thing to
0: bring to the table. The, yeah,
1: you know, I mean, we always would talk about there. There is not like fine dining. Like the closest thing that I could think of would be true lux, like where you'd want to like maybe dress up, right, right, to have to go there. Right. But is there? Am I missing? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some that are like but I can't really think of many.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, Austin's always had this kind of uh, sandals su- and super shirts. relaxed vibe, yeah. right, where you can come in and get a really high-end meal but still be comfortable in a T-shirt and yeah. shorts.
2: Casual fine dining. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I I think that's what makes it so great, but
1: also can't we have a nice place to go for right. like an yeah. occasion or like a date night that's not, you know, sh- sandals and sh- right, shorts? Right, right. Yeah. Well,
0: you're, there's a whole new clientele that's flooding Austin, right, with the new tech and everything yeah. that's coming here. Oh, my. So you're going to start seeing, I think, some places. There's some people I know that are coming to town um, that you'll you'll definitely see some elevated stuff coming our way in the next few years for sure. So what yeah. does it take for Michelin to come here? Because they're not here. Yeah. Uh, I think you probably just need some consistency of heavy hitters doing some really good stuff. Yeah. It's got to be more than one person, right? It's got to be a town that
1: is geared towards that i can't remember but somebody was saying that somewhere around here had a a michelin star but that can't be right because they don't come here they may I have one in exactly. another city yeah but yeah <laughs> like the what is it Who one is of it? the
2: sushi places has like that had moved here recently like i think they had a michelin star or was something. it if the not, one i'm not um, sure of the name but the one that was out of bento picnic i think big. so That's gotten all that
1: air because, um, what is that called? Is it called Sushi Bar? Sushi Bar. Is that right? I'm not sure. Oh, no, you never heard of that? No. Yeah. That that got a lot of, uh, because Joe Rogan was talking Uh about it a lot, so it got really popular. But I think it was legit good. And then they have another thing now, too. But yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Know, I don't know exactly how Michelin works, but like you know, I I just didn't think they were here. They were like, no, not yeah. Sure. But, as far as
0: I know, they're <laughs> unless they're coming to eat, not telling anybody. Right, I'm not sure. sure. Well, that's yeah, what yeah. they do. Well, but they're yeah. I don't, as no, far as I know, they haven't awarded any stars to anybody. Yeah. Either.
1: So, but that would be cool to kind of you know pave a path for that kind of opportunity for I mean yourself, other chefs in the future. I mean, yeah, like,
0: for sure. I mean, I can tell you some of the stuff that we're focused on is uh, regenerative agriculture and land stewardship. So our entire kind of existence and ecosystem as a company is revolved around that, and it's kind of a closed-loop system of hospitality group, restaurant, bar-type situation, and other other avenues of business, but it's all tied into land stewardship, regen agriculture, uh, that kind of uh, philanthropy towards the health of the planet and that kind of thing. And I think you're going to see a lot of people moving that way in the next decade. You're going to see a whole lot of stuff. Yes. um, Just trying to be one of the forefront people on that and pushing it. Yeah. I mean, you have
1: to be active to do it. And I mean, you have to, you have to do it. I mean, there has been a statistic that was thrown around on here from um, Stephanie at Farmhouse Delivery where, uh, less than one percent of people in Austin, in Austin of all c- cities, buy, actually buy and shop local, right? Which is crazy because we all hear it, and we've we've all heard it a hundred times, but like it's more or less a lot of talk. We're hearing it, but nobody does it, right? I think the big issue with that is convenience. Well, because the For farmers' sure. markets one day a week, right. Two, if you're lucky, for a four-hour window. Right. And look, think of how many fucking people are in this city. And if they really all wanted to go there, can you imagine what it would be like? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> it would be
0: chaos. Well, the infrastructure has to be built, right? It's yeah. you, There's no HEB that's farm-to-table fresh stuff that's supporting ranchers and all that kind of thing. They may have individual products, yeah. but the, the ease of access to it, you have to plan your day to go to a farmer's market or to go... Go get your eggs from somebody, whatever. So trying to pull in all those different aspects, not from a farmer's market perspective, but from an entire like economic business standpoint and making the ease of access to it is gonna what's, what's gonna change that. And I don't think it's that people wouldn't buy it or spend the money on it. A lot of people probably don't even know how to access a lot of that stuff. Right. You know, when you can just go on Amazon and Whole Foods order it and don't even have to go inside and pick it up, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: People are super disconnected from I mean like It's really easy to fall into that trap. I mean, like, you need the food, you have a family, it's a busy world, it's a congested place we're living in. So, of course, like, out of convenience, even all of us could be diehard on that and still order
0: from Amazon. Yeah. You know, you need it, it's there, but it's part of the problem. Yeah, well, things like Whole Foods and Central Market, they have a, you know, they kind of have a monopoly on that kind of stuff as far as the grocery aspect goes of what people consider is farm fresh food or you know healthy food and it's really a lot of it's not even right really isn't it's marketed that way but it's yeah. just a bunch of box of junk if you go into whole foods most
2: of it's just oh, processed especially, crap especially yeah. now with, with the amazon <laughs> switch like yeah before yeah so, there was you know more attention to that but now it's know, like you see products like just anything it
0: yeah at the and camp. so it's like anything else they just market a trend and everybody gets hooked into it. I mean, that's exactly know. what yeah. it is. Like, get the bottom, bottom line. Everybody's trying to
1: make money and they're doing a great job. Yeah. yeah. We, I mean, I might be on Amazon later today. Who knows? Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah for mean, sure. It's, it's just convenient. So like, I would assume that that means like most of these concepts that you're talking about under this umbrella would be like local and focused on local cuisine.
0: Yeah. So, uh, local, but with a national outreach. Okay. Uh, so we're going to be trying, we're go- not trying, we're going to be, uh, you're going to be able to access it from around the nation okay? and then have it shipped straight to your door, that kind of stuff. Um, but a lot of that, what's, what's spurred that is, uh, my daughter, Evelyn, she was born with a, with what's called mast cell activation syndrome. And she has a very extreme form of it where she's basically anaphylactic to anything that she comes into contact with. And she couldn't even, uh, nurse when she was an infant cause she was allergic to the milk. Wow. So that took probably a year and a half to two years to us to actually get a diagnosis and figure out what was wrong and what was going on. And she was covered head to toe in like weeping eczema and all kinds of stuff. Had, you know, had to go to the hospital for anaphylaxis several times as an infant. And that started us down this road of like, well, if she can't eat anything, how do we keep her alive? And it's been, she's going to be turning five now and she's, not healed, she's still allergic to everything, but she's a beautiful little girl who doesn't know any better other than this is what she can eat, can eat. And what wound up being our saving grace was uh, camel's milk wow. when she was an infant. She was able, she still reacted to it, but not dramatically. Yeah. And then um, when she started, we had to discover solid foods as she got older. Bison and lamb are still the only two meats that I'm able to buy that she can eat. If yes. I go out and shoot a deer, she can eat that
1: okay,
0: um, she can eat elk if I shoot an elk, but anything that's farm raised, the only things we've been able to find are extremely clean uh bison and lamb, and our bison we get from um force of nature meats force of nature yeah there that company has saved literally quite literally saved my daughter's life to give her something to eat, yeah, so her food is lamb bison uh a handful of berries and sweet potatoes. Wow, and that's all she's eaten her entire life. So this, Whoa. I mean, I've I just looked this up. So it's is it always triggered by food? So it can be triggered by anything. If she walks into a room where there's a scent, scented candle, oh my. that could that can set her off. Perfume, anything, anything, oh you know, different. Uh, if she gives somebody a hug whose clothes were washed in uh, like heavily perfumed detergent, nice. she can have a reaction, right? So mm-hmm. basically, so Bubble she, Girl.
1: <laughs> what is the yeah? What's the um? How do you medicate that? Is it like, like
0: a lotion or what, like a... So what... No, what it is is um, it's a histamine overreaction. So the best way that you can describe it is imagine like your body's system is like a five gallon bucket and everything you come into contact with and consume and all that kind of stuff adds histamine into that bucket. Mm-hmm. So our goal with her is to keep that bucket from overflowing. And if she eats something that is high histamine, it fills that bucket up a little bit more, all these contacts, all that stuff then eventually it overflows and she has a reaction. So our goal is to constantly keep that histamine from overreacting in her body to where she can live a normal life. Mm -hmm. But she's five and wants to eat the stuff that she sees us eating. So she'll get in the fridge and if there's a piece of cake or something, you'll see a hand mark out of it, right? And you see her scratch. She gets these big black eyes. That's like the first warning. And she'll lie about it. No, I didn't eat anything. No. <laughs> man, that's <And> like, <laughs> all right. It's, like, that's- it's,
2: yeah, yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like yeah, it sucks for her, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think she's more like just tired of it. She'll oh, look yeah. at what we're eating for dinner and then look at her food and just not want to eat it. You yeah. Know? Like, man. So
2: not, not a lot of options, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. So wait a minute. So you tie her into that, but like how? Like what is the – because like the bison is Yeah, local? yeah. So
0: no, to tie that in, that was – that started us down this journey of – kind of searching out clean food. Okay. And it kind of, over the five years now, has incorporated into just, that's just the way we eat as a family. now. Have you heard the expression, it tastes like
1: chicken? I want to tell you about the highest rated chicken farm in the South. Greener Pastures Chicken raises organic, pasture-raised birds, in Elgin that the top chefs in Central Texas have been putting on their customers' plates like it's nobody's business. They're USDA-certified organic, non-GMO project verified, real organic project certified, certified humane, and go Texan. They're in the final stages of becoming the first poultry farm nationwide to obtain regenerative organic certified status. You heard that right. They're humane, they're sustainable farmers, and they are the chicken of choice for the top chefs in central texas for those of you who love to cook at home you can pick up locally greener pastures chicken at people's rx and dia's market or you can have it shipped to your home courtesy
0: of farmhouse delivery it doesn't just taste like chicken and it kind of over the five years now has incorporated into just that's just the way we eat as a family now that's good i mean that's great right yeah i mean it's It's so it's very expensive. Yes. So that's, I think that's another, like I said, it's ease of access, but it's also, you know, there's a certain economic and social status you have to have to be able to afford. To eat that kind of way, but mm. you're in the unique position that you hunt, so
1: that that's very, that's a big offset. I've got two big old freezers. <laughs> yeah, you buy the freezers once, and mm-hmm. then you, you can save a lot of money, right? Because if you're buying force of nature is great, but like if you have to constantly have them deliver ribeyes that are you know,
0: by, right. it's probably like super expensive. super expensive, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, I'll tell you what she for all the struggles that she's had, she's probably the healthiest one out of all of us because she eats so clean. She's built built like a wrestler. I mean, she's like, it looks like a gymnast at five years old. You can sneak in the milkshake. and Yeah, you know. So, but that started us down this journey of, uh, you know, clean eating. We discovered regenerative agriculture and the land stewardship programs and permaculture and all that kind of stuff. And because it's become just a daily part of our lives and the benefits that we've seen from it in our family, not even just my daughter, but just all of us around your, you know, um, the mental health that it helps because you're eating clean food. So, mm-hmm. like, anxiety, stress, depression, that kind of stuff is alleviated from the way that we eat. And it's just, it's been so beneficial to us as a family. And then the pro- the journey we went through with her, it has spurred on this whole business kind of thing that we want to do and kind of share that with the Austin market here and then also ideally grow that out to where it's a nationwide type of thing. But it's, again, it's just the ease of, it took us forever to be able to figure out the network of how to access this food and make it regular for us and then find out how to make it affordable for us and work that Mm -hmm. into our lives. And people need assistance in figuring that out if there's going to ever be a change in the way the general populace kind of goes about it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, not not a small feat to tackle. Yeah, no, yeah. no, and yeah. by no means are we going to solve the problem, but it's right. just another cog in the wheel of yeah. changing kind of people's habits and how they eat and all that. And it's yeah. it's not like I'm I'm out there trying to save the world or help other people really in the sense well, that,
1: but I mean, to I be just,
0: fair, that everybody plays
1: a part. So right,
0: know. and I just I just want to share what we've discovered through this kind of lifestyle of eating and being able to do that on, like, let's say the scale of a restaurant or other hospitality concepts, there's there's a way to make it economically beneficial for there, everybody. So you've
1: laid that out?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be very cool.
1: And I would I would say that, I mean, there's not really something like that, I don't think. Not that I can see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because yeah. what the closest, I mean, Daidue is very focused on, like, getting everything sourced locally. but Using like everything, yeah. But not quite to that degree.
0: Yeah, so our... So yeah, local is a part of it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be from like let's say a 100-mile radius. Our our focus is more on oh, Yeah, what's the standard? It's the regenerative aspect of it. So okay. um so like regenerative cattle farming or something like that ranching that kind of thing actually tends to be more of a carbon net zero program than A lot of other things that you see out there, people talking about, you know, the polluting of the environment through carbon and all that kind of stuff. Mass ranching, Mm -hmm. you know, how they talk about that. Um, This, because it's not necessarily a small program of ranching, it's the way they do it and the way that the soil incorporates with the the ranching and the land stewardship part of it. The regenerative. It becomes a carbon net zero system. And that's ideal. But like the the
1: flaw with that for most people is it doesn't it won't yield as much. So there won't be as much profit.
0: But like Um the, That's that's kind of a false thought towards that. It really doesn't have less of a yield. You're just not less it's less of a yield than yes, a mass produced just commercial pump em pull full of antibiotics right. and all that stuff, which is what you're buying at H E B, right? Most right. of that stuff is just commodity chickens and all kinds of things. So yeah. there's there's ways of doing it where yes, okay, maybe there's less animals so therefore the yield is less, but it's a it's a more replicatable and long-term solution towards our food processes and how we how we consume. So it's got to be you can't teach an old dog new
1: tricks because like if it can yield the same amount, I'm just like why, obviously, we're all, I mean, it's not, it's, I'm just trying to figure out why people won't just go towards something like that when the facts are out there that it's better for the environment. It's all money. It's all money. It's so, all money. So it's, yeah.
0: it's, there's, the process is going to be more. Sure. It's going to be more expensive. Long- it's going to be more expensive to do it, but and it is, but in the end, it's self-sustaining. It with, requires with more
1: responsibility and. Right. Versus. Relearn, I guess. Being
0: government subsidized to just. Pump out food because you got to feed the populace, right? Yeah. So pump out cows as fast as you can, pump out chickens, do all that, and that's the government's running that. And well, it's indicative. It goes
1: all the way down to the fact that I would get on Amazon today and order something. I mean, they're doing what's easiest and best, and the you know the passive path of least resistance. So right. hard train to turn around, but yeah, yeah. you got to play your role sometime. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> do s- like that.
1: So I'm, I am assuming. I mean, you've kind of alluded to you have like. Some concepts within not just yeah. One. So
0: so specifically, there's a concept that we have called Mockingbird, okay. which is geared towards that whole regenerative uh, movement and okay. getting. So our idea, our our thought process is the only way to make a big change is to start local, start small, start local, get people into it, and if the you have the populist demand has to be there for it for anything to change on a mass scale. Right. So it's not just going to be out of the blue. You're talking. It's gonna be fifty years of changing people's minds of how they wanna eat, how they wanna live.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does Mockingbird um how does that look right now? Is that something you would start with like pop
0: ups or like like Yeah. So um currently looking at some pop up locations right now. Okay. Um still in the fundraising stages for it. Uh, but it is a fully fleshed out concept and have tons of people interested in it and just so in the process. It kind of like investors interested. Do mm-hmm. you have like your your people, like your
1: core go to culinarians that you would you would bring aboard for this? Uh
0: I've got a few people, yeah. Yeah. yeah? A couple.
1: Yeah. Nice. You gotta poach them?
0: <laughs> no, no, no! I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's like that's exciting. So
1: there you go. The cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Like that was the lead up to that. And sure. That, that's that's pretty exciting. Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. awesome. Look do you to have? That. So we're looking at pop-ups. I mean, of course, we would love to go to something like that. The um, what's like a like a general time frame, if there is one. Of course, we're not going to hold you to it. But like, what's this all? Sure. Look
0: like? um, Well, I mean, it's usually a long process start to finish to get one of these places open. I would like to start getting the pop-ups going probably in the next four months.
1: Okay. Nice. That's that's cool. Yeah. Time flies.
0: Oh, yeah. That's quick. Yeah. Four months around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to try to do it
2: before the new year. Yeah. So... (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's yeah. the most hectic time, right? Are you uh, hunting right now? It's hunting season right now.
0: Uh, I haven't yet, just out of life and stuff going on. But yeah, I'm geared up and ready nice. to go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try to get out
2: there at least one weekend. It's been it's a crazy time of the year, right? But yep. I go every November since I was like eight or something yeah, like yeah. that. So you got a yeah. lease or a public land? Um, yeah, just a lease. Yep. Yeah. We, we had land growing up in Junction, but now we ha- hunt in a little bit in Fredericksburg, Barnhart. Um, just tried cool. some different spaces out what about you? Uh, I got a couple of friends who have some
0: properties that just let me on there. So, nice. yeah. luckily, I don't have to pay for the lease. Yeah, I yeah. Just
2: I, buy buy le- a twelve
0: pack, and then I'm allowed to go and.
2: Just- yeah, lease fees can get expensive, but it's like you know, you mm-hmm. kill a deer, it can last you for several months. So oh sure, it's yeah, really nice. I so.
0: usually hunt under the guise of I'm going to kill pigs. Yeah, and then. Yeah. That-
2: <laughs> what do you cook with the deer? What's your what's like one of your forte dishes or?
0: Uh, honestly, man, I'm a big fan of just like a lamb stew. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Or just searing up a backstrap. That's it. It's yeah. Very simple. I don't really go crazy with it. Um, I just like the way it tastes. Pretty clean, salt and yeah. pepper, and
2: yeah, for sure. That's
0: it. I mean, if I'm eating a pig or a rabbit or anything, I think um, chili verde is
2: probably one of my go tos for it. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm all about all that. Yeah, yeah for sure. I've been doing dope. a bunch of like backstrap asado, uh-huh. and like I love asado. And so like yeah, I'll cook the backstrap up, make some asado out of it, and then I do like little. Uh, medallions with katsu like kind of katsu uh, backstrap sandwiches yeah. with panko breading and then I'll make a show coupon and like yeah, oh, am, yeah so yeah I, I recently
0: just uh it was probably just like four or five days ago I had some leftover um hog that I had made like a like a guajillo braise out of mm-hmm. and we turned those into enchiladas on a fly for lunch the other day and mm man that that was gone <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> those are fantastic some sharp cheddar on top and yeah it was yeah. so good
2: yeah enchiladas like if you find a good meat for enchiladas yeah i mean it's you can just k- kind of keep eating them until yeah. you feel a little sick yeah. yeah for sure <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah
1: were you hunting previous to moving here ever
0: yeah so i was a duck hunter in florida okay
1: so, yeah so that you've nice. always done that yeah
0: yeah, I grew up doing that with my dad. Oh,
1: cool! Yeah, got some for sure. ducks in the backyard now. Yeah, <laughs> wait till my daughter decides that those could be Christmas dinner.
2: <laughs> right now, they're pets, <laughs>
1: but we'll see what
2: happens. That's cool. Yeah, duck hunting. I've I've actually never been duck hunting, but um, I want to try it sometime. But oh, I love it's dunk. tons of fun, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's a lot of same like anything else. You're sitting there and just
0: waiting, waiting for them yeah. to come over, but you don't have to be quite as. Uh, secretive about it I guess you can sit there and joke around and eat a sandwich and uh-huh. drink a beer if nobody's looking and yeah. 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 <laughs> get them to come over and then just let it rip right so yeah that's a cool a lot of fun yeah Yeah.
1: I mean there's not many hunting games but duck hunting is so fun there is <laughs>
2: duck hunting <laughs> mean, yeah. we were playing that when we were kids so yeah, yeah. That's well, also you hunted all your life growing up. Like since you were young, your dad was always doing it growing up.
0: Yeah, and the, uh, just duck hunting the Everglades. Uh, you know, I've been out to Naples a few times, Naples, Florida, mm-hmm. and um, the Everglades on that end's a little bit drier, so you can mm-hmm. do some hog hunting, that kind nice. of stuff out okay. there. Okay, yeah. Do you very go out cool. for days uh, at a time? Generally not, since I've lived in Texas, just because no. it's easy to go and come home because you don't have to go very far. Yeah, I mean we're <laughs> but, a great spot.
1: I don't yeah. hunt. I, I do want to. I want to go out to. Um, the Outfitters, Stone Hollow, or Stone, Stone, was it Spoke Hollow? Spoke Hollow. Have you been out to Spoke Hollow? No, he's invited um invited me, but I was in this mindset that I'm just I I took took too long, so I I missed that boat. But
0: I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, we need people, to reach out back to
2: to him. You know, totally,
0: so totally. I'll tell you what's fun is um you can backpack hunt through the same Houston National. Okay. You don't have to stay on any kind of trails or campgrounds or anything. You can just pitch a tent in the middle of the woods and, and hunt it as long as it's not deer season. I mean that does sound oh, cool
1: incredible, right? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty
0: fun. I've been out there a couple of times and go for three or four days. It's yeah. like a productive vacation
2: because you are definitely unplugging. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you're also having a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> hunting season like the, is the best time of the year. My percent I've been going, you know, since I was young with my brothers and my dad, you know, yeah. and it's always deer hunting. Occasionally, you know, maybe kill an armadillo or something. My dad likes eating armadillo. I don't really, but uh, uh, but yeah, it's like every every November, it's like the best time of the year. Yeah. Like my wife, you know, when she first met me, and I would go, she she would be like, "Why do you get so excited about it?" I'm like, it's- "Have you ever been?" <laughs> she's like, <laughs> yeah. "I don't want to go." But does, I'm like, "It's get- beautiful." She never goes. She though. yeah, she'll never go. Yeah. I oh, mean, she might oh, come and hang out in the campground or something. Yeah. yeah, but she doesn't eat deer meat. She my wife is almost vegetarian now at this point. But but you know, she would support that over like the...
1: Because does she see that... Like, it's better to hunt than it is just to go buy it at H-E-B. I don't know. Or does she
2: not... I she's mean, we don't really talk about it, but I think we generally she's just it. like not like not into that hunting thing, yeah. you know. And I yeah. just, but I'm like, yeah, that's cool, you know. We all have our different interests, but and I just kind of keep it like, okay, I'm going hunting this weekend. That's it. Last time I, uh, I butchered a deer in our kitchen just because I brought it home and I was like, I'm right. gonna do it myself. And she like just walked in and was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> she's like, don't ever do that again. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> so I was like, don't don't even look in here right now because there's like deer everywhere on ice, you know. Uh, so, see, I'm <laughs>
0: blessed. My wife is like, why don't you go kill something? <laughs> Bring it home. <laughs> yeah, we need more they, food. Yeah, the freezer's yeah. getting low. Go shoot <laughs> yeah. something.
2: I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: How, yeah. The oldest awesome. is 10, you say? 10, right? yeah. So he's he's going with me now, too. Oh, that's oh, cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah,
2: that's great. Yeah.
1: I mean, man, it really is something I would like to
2: get into, especially I mean, with my
1: father. Um, yeah. I think it would be really cool.
2: It's great, you know, at that age t- for him to learn that skill about oh, yeah. like hunting and preparing food and cooking on live fire. And yep. it's, you know, I think yeah. everybody so wants does, um, to learn that. I think I mentioned it, but we homeschool. So they do a lot of...
0: um activities geared towards that like kind of just wilderness type stuff and yeah survival and he's now getting into a competitive shooting so okay cool yeah he's he's it's competitive great. shooting like distance or is that like a quick draw yeah, yeah it's it's a combination of things just depends on what he's doing in the competition but it's generally cool. it's yeah it's a several targets and it's more of a speed and accuracy type thing
2: nice kind of like the police training stuff right it's like where they're shooting, like the uh, yeah, I guess school so. course, Yeah, it's like ste- yeah. steel target shooting. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm a full-on believer that like um, at the, the whenever it's appropriate, kids should start learning about food and where it comes from, and even how to cook and. That's why it's kind of impressive that they did that when you were in tenth grade. Yeah, I still think that was a great move because, like, I was lost the whole time until you know, somebody <laughs> was like, "That's a kitchen. That's where you should probably check yeah. out." Yeah, I was like, okay, this was the place. But yeah, I mean, that's great. You're doing that with your son. I would. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. That's cool. Um, we can jump into. We have a segment here. We have a few segments. But our first segment is uh, called Potty Talk. Potty Talk. <laughs> it is uh, sponsored by Bucky's. The check's in right. the mail, so or the bill. I guess it would yeah. be a bill. They don't know they're sponsored. I sponsors. think they they <laughs> So, just favorite uh, bathrooms that you've been into in Austin. Anything that stands out? Anything worth noting here on the pod? Favorite bathroom. I know it's a it's a curveball for some, but some are like, oh yeah, I love. My well, mother. I just <laughs>
0: renovated my master
1: bathroom, so, so I'm gonna have there to there say that. <laughs> that's <laughs> the one,
0: right? I mean, yeah. we
1: have heard my own bathroom is is my favorite. So, yeah, I mean, so bad. I it. turned
0: that into a palace, man. But, uh, <laughs> favorite bathroom in public, man. Uh, yeah, I'll go with the standard Bucky's, I guess. Then I'm not uh-huh. sure. Yeah, Bucky's is the. I avoid the public bathroom as much as possible. Yeah. So. But now well, you're
2: going to go into a public bathroom yeah. going I think this is what I should have said. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah,
0: because
2: you're
1: like looking at possibly opening some concepts and like. You've never opened your own spot from like start to finish, or even acquiring anything. Right?
0: Well, I've done plenty from start to finish, but, but with not like, not with my own you, yeah. with my own dollar, no. So, but also when
1: you were doing that with like, I'm assuming that's like Waterloo. You got you had a say in what people were doing, right? Because like you're looking at the bathroom and what should it look like, or what should the dining area look like? What's the vibe we're going for? And like the bathroom is like where people you know it's it's like un like people forget about it but it's like a whole thing like it's like instagram worthy bathrooms it's yeah. a thing <laughs> so you gotta focus on that start with the wallpaper right <laughs> we've picked up tips i would design the best bathroom ever i think
0: yeah i would say for me man just uh clean whatever it is yeah well then bucky's yeah, yeah.
1: i mean there's nothing worse than a, a raunchy bathroom but i think And i've never even put a done, bathroom attendant in there and he'll win me so it's uh-huh. keep the floor clean. and <laughs> So we're talking with Emma and Ryan about getting on here, but they have podcasts, culinary podcasts playing in the bathroom, which I like. And then I also like the idea of having, and I'm just doing this rant about what I would like in a bathroom, <laughs> but like the mirror where you have a mirror here and you have a mirror there. So it looks like infinity when you, uh-huh. you know, on each side. Uh-huh. You've seen that? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that would be cool in a bathroom, right? Like a hundred dicks, <laughs> no, a million, infinity. an infinity of dicks, but yeah, no, I mean, so there you go, something to think about. You gotta, yeah, I'll have gotta, to uh, I'll
0: have to start exploring. <laughs> yeah.
1: Got to come up with a, a good bathroom, so that's it. That uh, Bucky's and, and your own master bathroom, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, good, you have nice. to say that when you just remodel it. Um, well, should we hop into, yeah, well, yeah, what are you eating? What are you eating? Yeah, I do have one other thing I want to jump into, but yes. what? Yeah. So like, this, I like to think of as anybody who's listening most likely is getting hungry, and then they want to know with their partner, where are we going to eat tonight? And yeah. And that's the age-old question that no one has a good answer to. So
2: any yeah, restaurant suggestions? Yeah, anything come up?
0: I mean, you were uh, recently or like, you know, like, in you know, history yeah, or whatever. I, I mean, being a working chef and then having a sizable family, I don't get out as often as I would. Like to, but I would say that probably my, honestly, my favorite restaurant in town is Olame. Nice. Yeah. I've been there several times and I've always just really, really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah. yeah. You
0: know, it's always just been executed very well. Yeah. It's not overly. I've only
2: eaten the biscuit sandwiches there. Oh, really? I need to go there and eat, yeah. but yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I've not,
1: but from what I've heard, like, that's not a bad run over there. The, they're it's known good. for that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, their
0: biscuits are awesome, for sure. And,
1: and the atmosphere. I mean, Olame is literally a house. Yeah. I mean who doesn't love that? And and it's his family running it, right? I'm not sure about that. I don't know. I'm pretty sure, but um it's just like great atmosphere, ambiance. Yeah,
0: I've always had stellar service. Yeah. And the food has always been spot on. Nice. So it's it's never been like overly contrived or anything. It's just been really really good and I can't really say anything bad about it. So if I had to recommend a place for somebody, that's where I'd send them for sure. So, with your kiddo with you know this
1: uh Macella active mass cell, it, yeah masselle, when she had are you able to like go out at all with her like to a restaurant like if
0: you guys yeah, to we just gotta bring her own food with her, oh really, yeah, so that's how that would work, Yeah. so do you ask the kitchen to heat it or what? <laughs> no, we just yeah. do it all at home and bring it with her, but like I said, we don't take them out too much, I mean they're yeah you know rowdy. Yeah, rowdy room, but yeah, kids. yeah. Like a, <laughs> you don't do dinners. <laughs> like yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, and
1: also, I mean, my personal opinion, I know it's like a little pessimistic, but it's so crowded that the idea of going out when like families go out is like, now we'll stay home. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I once I get home, I'm usually home. You're great at going
2: out. Yeah. You're great at going out. Yeah, so. it's, it's taxing, but I, I have to be social. So it's yeah. <laughs> like just because all the stuff that I do and my wife has a band. And so we ha- we, there's like this obligation to be a little social. You can't with the industry that we're in, you have to go out and like meet people and do stuff. And sometimes I'm just like, oh, I don't want to. But then I'm like, cool slam a cold brew, let's go, let's go talk, let's meet these people, take some pictures, but it's hard. Right? On. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I wanted
1: to ask, and that you might
2: not do this at all,
1: but do you ever spend any time on, like, YouTube with, like, cooking-related stuff? Like, like me putting videos up? Not yourself, unless you do. No, I, I don't. <laughs> you don't do that, but do you ever get on there and, like, because, we you know, there's, like, Maddie Matheson's on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a handful of like celebrity chefs that are on there, or just whatever. Do you ever get on there for anything like
0: that? Yeah, I mean, I don't really follow any celebrity chefs per se, but I do, you know, just peruse and find interesting things. And yeah, I've watched this whole series on, um, it's called Susa which is a Susa God, which is like a lifestyle in India. It's kind of like a, it means like living in the moment type thing. And there's a YouTube channel. Where the they go around and kind of explore the whole culinary scene of the that part of India, and that was really interesting. I recently watched that.
2: Nice, I've never heard of that. Yeah, do you
0: know new. what uh, YouTube channel that was? That does
1: sound cool. Uh, I'd have to look at it to tell you exactly. Yeah, yeah. But you have like an interest for because like some people like are like, no, I, I'm cooking there and I don't care. When I get home, there's no way I'm looking at cooking again.
0: Um, uh, no, nah, I mean. Yeah, I I do that. I look at cookbooks. I do all kinds of stuff. What about TikTok? No, I don't do any of the social media stuff to be honest with you. So no, no I'm, TikTok. I've got no Gram, no Facebook, no TikTok, nice. no Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I b e you.
1: you. Yeah, because like that's also a thing. Because like people were trying to convince me that TikTok was like you have to have that if you want your podcast, you want it out there, you got to have a TikTok.
0: Yeah. Well, if you're gonna, uh, do well, I mean, a, it's the most popular thing. If right you're now. gonna do a dance, I'll download it so I can watch you. But that's, <laughs> I don't think that's what it
2: is, right? Like, I, I mean, mean it kind of was at the beginning, it, but now it's, I mean. That's socially, like social media, that's the biggest platform. Like Instagram, all that, they're trying to be like TikTok now. It's just
1: crazy because I know that I've read and it is exactly like this. When you open it, it's made to like suck you in and there's like instantly a video playing. Personally, like just being a little bit older and I like, it's so obnoxious. You know, you turn it on, your phone's going crazy. You're like, Jesus. And then you <laughs> click to other things and it keeps going. And I'm just like, but then if you're like alone and it's, you're not in front of people dealing with that, it's like, yep, you're completely sucked in. And it's, I don't yeah.
2: understand how that was ever appealing. I mean, it's just your feed, right? It's like, what are you interested in? Cause,
1: no, I know. But like what? people would tell me, and the reason I, I always never downloaded it was, As soon as you do it, you'll get sucked in for like an hour. An hour
0: will go away, and I was like, I don't understand how that sounds good. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, but it's happened since then, and um, I I,
0: yeah, I've just I've never liked that about any of those things. I just kind of I mean that's good, man. I'm a little bit more grounded. I don't like doing. I don't. Yeah, I just don't like the. Is your wife the same? For the most part, yeah. I mean, that's very like.
1: It's, if you're doing it, you can get into the routine, and it doesn't matter. But like, we're both on it, you know. Like, we we're gonna promote this. You're gonna be on it for that, you know. Yeah,
0: I mean, business stuff. Yeah, I understand that. But as far as like, you know, everybody's sitting around and. Instead of being productive, they're sitting around just scrolling through feeds. I mean, it's kind of crazy because you have the family.
1: Is the kid trying to get on there? Like your your daughter – I mean, I guess I'm talking to you as a father now because yeah. I've had run-ins where my, my daughter was trying to be on there. And I was like, I like definitely don't think that – I mean, we didn't grow up with that. And yeah. we we turned out okay. Right? Okay-ish. <laughs> right. And the, the previous generation was a lot more responsible in my opinion. So I'm like, I don't know if we should be doing all this social media. Yeah, stuff.
0: no, we're my household's kind of uh I don't know, we're kinda odd. I don't have a TV except for in my office. So my kids Are you serious? Yeah, my kids don't watch TV, they don't have tablets, they don't have but cell like, phones or anything. You can nice. say that's odd. That's incredible though. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Well, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of times I just want to be like I just go do something, but there's something that's so rare today and it's like bored, being bored. I uh, yeah, I tell my kids that all the time. They're like, I'm bored. I'm like, Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Well that's part of <laughs> life.
1: I just remember like being in the back seat when my parents were driving somewhere and I was like counting the flat the poles <laughs> the one, two. It's just like bored nothing to do, you're just like kind of bored and people don't have that, but I think it's it's kind of a problem. If you're always stimulated, the moment yeah. you have nothing to do, you're like, This is
0: awful. It's like no, you're just alive. Yeah. Well, you I know? can tell you, I mean, the the over from that, it's it's bad. It, it activates all the dopamine hits, and it just—it's not good for you, especially as a kid. You're trying to grow up, and you're yeah,
1: always—that's that, what concerns me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, from lack of having that, I can tell you, like my little girl turning five, Evelyn, she reads and writes.
1: Yes, and
0: she's not even five yet. So,
1: and so that's what uh, exactly like you're going to progress, uh, like the the kid like that is the best scenario. What you just described, like. If you don't have the distraction, you will more likely focus on something else. Focus on something else and then progress in it where the kid who's like is like able to get on Facebook, YouTube, whatever it is, is more likely to be like, I'm not gonna read because this is the path of the least resistance and it's entertaining.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they never we they just (laughs) never had the They've never had it, so they don't have like a desire. Yeah, where they're like they're missing out on something or whatever, you know. So no, I mean that's true too. You know, because you're doing the homeschooling and yeah, Yeah. friends.
2: Yeah, their friends aren't like oh look at this, so they're not seeing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and their group of friends are very much similar to how we are. You know, not in all aspects, but I mean mean, that's pretty awesome. Very like like minded. yeah. I mean, Troy, you guys are
1: talking about maybe having a a child. Yeah. And I do have a daughter, I'm going to say that what you guys have accomplished there is not easy to do. No. Because it is everywhere, like the influence from the outside, so that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: well, that's, uh, I got to give that all up to my wife. I mean, she's, her, that's a full-time job for her. I mean, that's not, I can't do it. Right. Like, there's no way. If it was just me and the kids, nope, they'd be, (laughs) there's no (laughs) way I could do it on my own, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, she sounds good. Shout out. Yeah, Yeah. totally. (laughs) Um
1: what are you also what do you what do you cook and like you say you're like what's your go to for like I know it's like a clean very but like when you're involving your little one what is like
0: the comfort food that you go to for like a family meal You know we cook different stuff all the time. Uh, there's some things that we fall back onto like, but it's usually pretty simple. You know, we don't, I don't really go real extravagant at home. I just like easy clean. And I'm usually cooking like three different meals because one doesn't want to eat. And then this one's special and then whatever. So
1: is there no grains or anything like that? Not
0: really. Uh, we do eat some rice. Um, we'll eat wild rice and, you know, sweet potatoes, that kind of thing, but we don't eat like Baked potatoes or stuff like that is not usually part of our diet. Right. And then gluten, I'm assuming,
2: probably. Yeah, we're no. gluten-free,
0: dairy-free. Yeah. I generally would. paleo just by default, not because we're... Paleo, yeah. Yeah. You know, so no legumes, yeah. like beans? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. will. Yeah, a we will. Bit. We'll, we'll yeah. eat. It's just more of like a... It just falls into more of that category, yeah, no, but we're that. not like excluding like lentils and beans and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's like with... um you know the labels when people get into labeling things, and I mean, like you can fall into that category. But like, if you eat mostly vegan, you don't have to be a vegan. If occasionally you want to eat a grilled, yeah, well, I mean, cheese.
0: the biggest thing is is there's no standardized way of doing it. For every individual different, right? Your body's going to react differently to different things. Like I can eat cheese and drink a glass of milk; it won't bother me, right? But my kids can't. It'll bother them, right? From their their mom's genes, so. Yeah, my daughter said the other day, uh,
1: "Dad, I think I'm, uh, I need to eat gluten free." And I was like, "Well, why?" And she was like, "Cause I just ate some ice cream and my stomach hurts." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, no."
0: That your Nutsin. stomach's gonna hurt from ice cream, and that's a lactose intolerance. <laughs> sure, but, but I mean, if you can get clean from all that stuff, like the sugars and all that kind of stuff, you'd be amazed at how you feel. I mean, I I do want to like take
1: this and like mine some inspiration to eat like that because you said it really. I mean, you mentioned depression,
0: yeah. and,
1: and like I'm sure it helps you sleep better at night.
0: Yeah, well, it's your. It's all tied to your gut health, yeah. right? All the the microbiomes that are in your gut, yeah. they're linked to your. To your brain, so it's at your your microbiome will actually dictate how you act and how you do things. So it's kind of like, like a zombie thing going on there, but sure. So <laughs> there's like a
1: a, a a different way to phrase happy life, happy life, and like happy belly, happy gut, happy gut, happy <laughs> mind. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Do you take like supplements or anything like that? Because I know that there's like the world where you can do prebiotic, probiotics for like the better gut health.
0: Yeah, I mean there's certain stuff I take, but that's kind of geared towards like my own personal, like what I've discovered makes me feel good. Yeah. So I don't take like multivitamin. That's all kind of just junk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. C, D, like B.
0: Uh, I'll take vitamin C if I... Need it? Yeah, but generally, I try to get everything through my food consumption.
1: Yeah, which is also
0: Um, extremely tricky.
1: But like, if you're eating clean, like you are, yeah, a lot more likely than the person who can slip in a cheeseburger, or I mean, like, or every single breakfast item
0: at an HEB aisle is literally fucking sugar. Yeah, shop Mm -hmm. the outside, don't shop the aisles. Right, right, totally. (laughs) Get the fresh food. But I mean, the things I take are really geared towards um, like immune. And anti-inflammatory type stuff. Yeah. yeah, totally. So, like, I take a ton of turmeric. Turmeric is good. Yeah, zinc. Zinc. That kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Magnesium. I mean, yeah. I'm big on vitamins, and so I'll take, like, magnesium before I sleep, but I'll always take an omega. I do right. take a probiotic, stuff like that. But, I mean, when you couple taking... It's like it doesn't matter if you're going to take those. It does. It's better not than not taking them. Right. But then if you're going to, like chug a beer and eat a pint of ice cream <laughs> what's the fucking point yeah. <laughs> like well, that's I mean, inflammation at its best yeah
0: i mean you got to pick your vices right Yeah. you know if you're going to eat like crap and then also drink a bunch of alcohol then yeah you're probably not going to be doing too good but oh yeah um now
1: i'm a, i'm on a i'm on a long stint here of not not drinking not even our lovely ranch riders that we're going to yeah. send you home with <laughs> step right on down
0: now um have you, do you drink I'm a sucker for a cold beer, yeah, or bourbon. What old. kind of beer? Anything cold in yours? Okay. <laughs> All right. I like that. I like that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I was uh, not not too long ago big into the beer world. I just love to go. I mean, I I didn't get that into it, but I was always going home and trying a new IPA or like those coffee stouts or like those really dark beers just – some yeah, I used so to
0: I used to be like the IPA and stout and all that but then I guess as I got older, I don't know if I couldn't handle them anymore or what was going on, but I started drinking lighter beers and yeah. now I just drink lagers but yeah. yeah. That's yeah. kind well, of why, I, I mean. At.
1: The the, IP, the some of the IPAs are like, you know, when it's 9, 10%. Yeah. I mean you're not supposed to be able to handle that. <laughs> uh, I can't I def- drink
0: 6 of these. No. 300
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. calories per <laughs> as. Well, that's what the most crazy thing about the beer is is that if you cuz like you think like the six pack and that's like somebody could put that down but like a six pack of Bud Light versus like a six pack of some like rich IPA right. is like night and day.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like a case of uh, Bud Light, you know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, I got to get back. I was—I've been talking about how do I get back onto the drinking thing. I don't—I obviously know that I can just go to the store and buy some drinks, but <laughs> I don't want to. So I guess I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, I'm riding yeah. it out. But we have ranch riders for you. Have you tried those?
0: I don't believe so. Cool. We're good. No sugar. Sweet. no sugar. No sugar. No sugar. Shit. No shit. No shit. Yeah, right. and
1: that's the pitch. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, they'll fit into your uh, your your family life well. Don't sure. give them to the kids, <laughs> right? But um, anything else we want to go over? I mean, I'm genuinely really excited for what you're we've talked about on here about the the new concept and what was the name of the uh, uh, Mockingbird? The concepts mo- right. uh, Mockingbird. What's the name of the uh, group? Sovereign uh, Sovereign Hospitality Management. Sovereign Hospitality yeah. Management.
2: Very cool. I mean, yeah. like I'm excited to hear all this. Yeah, keep us updated when that pop up, and maybe at the end of the ep- the ep- the uh, future episodes, we'll just mention the pop up. Yeah, to get for sure. For we'll you, get you sure. guys into
1: eat for sure. Yeah, I for mean, sure. I'm excited. Totally, especially because you're not using the social medias and stuff. Like, keep us in the loop and let yeah. us know, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely be talking about it. Cool. Anything you want to get into?
2: Um, we could do shout outs if you want. We uh, <coughs> another little sure. segment it's just shout out segments. Anybody want to shout out? That's, you know, helping you with your process or, you know, like your wife just because she's does a great job, right? So, something like that or anything. Uh, yeah, we just like a little quick segment shout-outs. Uh, shoot, man. I've been here for 10 years now. That'd be a long list.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you know me, get at me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um tell, uh, Do you have any uh, shout-outs um, you want to
2: do? I mean, at the moment, I don't really think anything came to mind really quick. um. But I do want to shout out Edgar from Nixta. I, do, I shouted it. him out last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's killing it. But like, he
1: keeps coming up. You've crazy. seen what Jeff Edgar's done. Well, if you're not on social media, you have to have somehow heard. Like he's he's done so well lately. Uh, Nixta, you've heard of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, they're just killing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean,
2: and then, yeah, if you haven't seen the Somebody Feed Phil, Austin episode. You got to check that, that out. That. That's on it's YouTube? really, yeah. Oh, uh, no, on uh, Netflix. Okay, cool. So he does a whole Austin episode. There's some really great, uh, yeah, Edgar's on there, Leroy and Lewis. Um, a lot of really great spots here in town. Cool. Um, yeah, so watch check that, that
1: out. Um, yeah. um, And then I'll just shout out, I mean, it's the holidays. Uh, Gathered in Forged, there's Chef Tony Nikaj. He does, like, private chef services. And, I mean, he's got a whole team of people, but they are, like, top of the Food chain when it comes to that, and like bringing like the home experience, like restaurant experience into your home. And he's cool. I was talking to him the other day, so shout out to Chef Tony.
2: They're they're always uh, a good good people to deal with. So. Heck yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Well, yeah, thank you for coming in today. Yeah, we appreciate you. you. Awesome. Looking forward to all the your next ventures and see what comes about so yeah, yeah man super Be exciting. exciting
1: we did it yeah,
0: yeah finally right
1: <laughs> so and my favorite thing and i had thought this earlier about us doing this is like you know i i invite chefs in here all the time right and you know sometimes it's really easy and we come and we do it and my favorite ones are like the chef who's like all right i'll come at this time and then it like that time comes and goes and then it's like then they come at like midnight in their shoes like they just got off work and i'm like this is like a chef. and like <laughs> you literally had to stop working to be able to, <laughs> to, be come, able to here. come in yeah. cuz you're always <laughs> working and you're like we'll do it sometime and it's like you have a window so i mean really thank you yeah. for coming over man
0: yeah man absolutely totally so
1: anytime you ever want to come back please do
2: i mean when talk about anything new be yeah awesome. maybe once you get everything launched you know yeah once back. things are
0: moving down the road yeah. there, then for sure yeah, yeah, yeah for absolutely. sure All right, Chef. Yeah, thank you. Cool.